Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Amen. Now, the reason why I've read you the scripture is because over the next few episodes, we're going to be talking about this spiritual armor and weaponry that all believers should have available to them in this crazy spiritual battlefield that is the world we live in. The aim of this series is to demystify and make the armor and weapons that God has provided for us simple to understand and, quite frankly, easier to use. I'm Jaden, and I'm going to be your guide as we equip ourselves for the coming victory. Welcome to God's Armory. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are here on the Reconnect podcast, the official English podcast of Shincheonji in English, New Heaven and New Earth. My name is Jaden, and it is a real pleasure to be able to be spending this time with you, whatever you're doing. You might be uh, relaxing, you could be traveling, whatever you might be doing. It's such a pleasure to be able to uh, spend this time getting deep into God's word. That's what we do here on the Reconnect podcast. We're reconnecting to God through His Word. Now, of course, if you were with us in the last episode, you'll know that we're going through God's armory, the weapons and the armor that God has listed out for us in the Bible that we can use, that not only we can use, but we need to use to be able to survive the spiritual war that is raging on. And we kicked that off last episode by looking at the first item of armor that God said we needed in Ephesians 6, which was the belt of truth. We looked at how the belt of truth actually prevents us from being caught with our pants down, spiritually speaking. Just as how a physical belt keeps our pants up, the belt of truth is the word of truth that covers up our nakedness. And so let's look at this idea a little bit more closely. In the Bible, Adam and Eve were initially naked in Genesis 2, verse 25, but they felt no shame because they were clothed in God's righteousness. That is, they were connected to God and they were obedient to His word. After they chose to believe and act on the words of the serpent, however, 
something changed within them, according to Genesis 3 verse 22. Let's read that together. Genesis 3 verse 22. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. In Genesis 1, it says that when God first created mankind, they were formed perfectly in his image and likeness already. Since John 1 tells us that God is the Word, John 6 tells us that the Word is Spirit, and John 4 tells us that God is Spirit, we must understand that the image mankind was created in was a spiritual one. Mankind, both male and female, were created in the image and likeness of God because they shared in God's nature through His Word. Let me say those three verses again because they are really important. Please make a note of them, write them down. You can even pause the podcast here and read them if you want to. They were John 1 verse 1 to 5, which explains that God is the Word. John 6 verse 63, which says that the Word is Spirit. And John 4 verse 24, which said that God Himself was Spirit as well. So therefore, if we understand these three verses, we can clearly understand what happened in the Garden of Eden, and we can make sure that we avoid falling into the exact same trap ourselves. So consider these three verses the very buckle of our belt of truth, the essential part that's holding the belt all together and making it function. For if we know and keep the word, We know and keep the truth. We remain in the truth and we remain in God. Think back again to Adam and Eve. The minute they went against that word, they no longer resembled God. Instead, they resembled the spirit that deceived them. The very spirit whom God had created to be perfect, but then rebelled against God. This spirit the one who is working through the character described as the serpent in Genesis 3, is the same serpent that we see in Revelation, but in Revelation depicted as a dragon. This is what Revelation 20 verse 2 reveals to us. It says that the ancient serpent is the dragon, or Satan, the devil. And in Genesis 3, it is this serpent that is identified as one of the wild animals in the garden. This sets him in stark contrast to Adam and Eve, who are identified as mankind. However, after Adam and Eve's nakedness was revealed, God made them clothes out of animal skins, thus emphasizing the fact that now they resembled wild creatures more than they resembled mankind, the mankind that God had created in his own image and likeness. In other words, After Adam and Eve left the Word of God, they left the image and likeness of God. After Adam and Eve followed the words of the serpent, they were in the image and likeness of the devil. Remember, it wasn't only Adam and Eve who were found to be naked after they left the truth, after they took off that belt of truth, which is taking off the Word, which means leaving God, which means being without the Spirit, 
Remember those three verses that make up our buckle. In Revelation 3, there are also people who are found to be naked. In Revelation 3, verse 17 to 18, let's read it one more time. It reads, You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Here, Jesus is talking to people who think they are doing just fine. (laughs) But although they think they're doing fine, they're actually naked and poor. How can you get to the stage of being naked and poor but without realizing? He tells them to get gold, that is riches from him. To cut a long story short, the riches he wants them to get is of course the word of God. In fact, if we read a verse in Psalms, Psalm 49 verse 20, it says, A man who has riches without understanding is like the beasts that perish. So there, riches without understanding without understanding the word of God, without having that belt of truth. None of us can claim to be in the image and likeness of God. Rather, we're in the image and likeness of a beast, just like the serpent in the garden. Being in the image and likeness of God is being in the image and likeness of the word, because God is the word. Remember those three verses, John 1 verse 1 to 5, John 6 verse 63, and John 4 verse 24. If we want to be those who can claim to truly be people created in God's image and likeness, it's not enough to just walk around on two legs and talk. We actually have to be formed in the image and likeness of God's word. That is God's spirit, which is life. Without that word, we have no life within us. Also, within our last episode, we spoke about how foolish it would be to go into a real war with prop weapons and armor. So now that we've talked about the belt of truth, I hope that we can be those who really equip ourselves with this belt, no longer putting on a cheap, non-functioning belt that lets our nakedness be shown, but rather those who have the word of God, the word of truth firmly buckled around our waists. That is, As long as we both have God's word and act on it through understanding it, we will not be caught naked. And so if you are interested in learning more, to really have this word of truth tightly fixed around your waist, then please reach out to us. We'd love to be in touch with you. We'd love to connect you with someone who will be able to show you these things all according to the scriptures that are written in the Bible. Now, when it comes to truth, There can only be one truth, right? And we know that that one truth is God's word. But sometimes we need to consider things from more than one angle. For example, righteousness, which just so happens to be the next armor on God's list in Ephesians 6. We weren't going to go into war wearing only a belt, right? You knew we were gonna have to wear other armor too. And so next on the list is the breastplate of righteousness. But before looking at the breastplate, let's first examine this idea of righteousness, which, as I said, needs to be looked at from more than one angle. With righteousness, 
Which angles can we look at? Well, it's quite straightforward. We can look at it from God's perspective or from our perspective, the perspective of man. It can be very easy to get confused between a moral definition of righteousness and a biblical definition of righteousness. The Bible, while certainly containing lessons that sound like moral teachings, words to increase our morality, it's not actually here to teach us to be good people. Being a good person is simply the most basic part of being human and existing in society. People don't necessarily need God to be a good person, right? Has every good person you've met been a believer in God and Jesus? It's something to think about. There are plenty of good people who are not people of faith. Many wonderful, incredibly kind people who do not believe in God at all. So equating faith and morality can be quite a closed-minded idea that we should take a little bit of distance from. It's certainly so that there have been many good people who have no faith, and many more who have committed unspeakable evil in the name of faith itself. The morality of man is not the basis of righteousness. Morality is essentially changeable. In every human generation, even between cultures, what was morally acceptable and what was morally unacceptable, it changes. What you can do in one culture is something that you can't do in another. So even within mankind, a standard of righteousness, a standard of morality, it's not fixed. It can change depending on who you are, where you grew up, your background. So many factors can play into it. Therefore, we cannot have man's idea of righteousness as our standard. And this is why we need the Bible, so that we can be clear on what God's righteousness actually is. While there are some things that God insists on when it comes to our actual physical behavior, when we understand why he insists on these things, we can see that they are fundamentally spiritual, not physical. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 to 11, God makes this clear by telling his people, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Amen. God's ways are not the same as our ways. So that means we can start examining the idea of righteousness from the perspective of God. What is it that makes God righteous? Well, Revelation 15 verse 4 tells us that at some point, God's righteous acts are revealed. That means that people are able to see God's righteous acts. In the context of the promise recorded in Revelation 15, this refers to the fulfillment of his prophecies, which is exactly what God is talking about at the end of the passage we just read in Isaiah 55, where it says that the word that goes out from my mouth will not return to me empty, 
but it accomplishes what God desires and achieves the purpose for which he sent it. Therefore, God's righteousness is that he says what he will do, and then he does it, without lying, without changing his mind, without backpedaling on his plan. He simply says what he's going to do, and then he does it. He prophesies, and then he fulfills. This is God's righteousness, fulfilling his promises. This has got nothing to do with morality, right? What is right or wrong in the perspective of man? This is purely what is right in the perspective of God. What is good and what is righteous from God's perspective is for God to fulfill what he has promised. If God makes a promise through his word, then it will certainly be fulfilled. And then when that fulfillment appears, then that is God's righteous acts. And that's why it says in Revelation 15 verse 4 that God's righteous acts are revealed. So then if this is God's righteousness, what should be our righteousness in return? Well, a really great example of that, and one that I know that we have dealt with before on the Reconnect podcast, is that of Abraham, the father of faith. Abraham heard the word of God in Genesis 12, but he didn't just hear God's voice and then decide that was that and go around telling everyone about his cool supernatural experience. He didn't become some kind of mountain guru. Instead, when he heard God's word, he did what God told him to do. Despite being the first person since Noah that God had spoken to directly, Abraham was prepared to trust that God would keep his promises. James chapter 2 verse 23 tells us the result. It says, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. And so here Abraham is credited with righteousness. What was this righteousness that Abraham had? Well, it wasn't just being good or not committing crimes or breaking the moral standard of the world. But our righteousness is defined as believing and then acting on God's promises. If God's righteousness is to fulfill what he said, then us as people, we must believe when God fulfills his promises. And that will be credited to us as righteousness, just as it was to Abraham. So then to quickly summarize what we've been saying about righteousness. Firstly, there is man's righteousness, purely from the perspective of mankind, right? Where morality can have so many different viewpoints depending on your background or the culture that you grew up in. But God's righteousness does not change in that way. It cannot change because God does not lie. God's righteousness is fulfilling what he said. And therefore the true righteousness of man is to believe in God's promises, act upon it. And especially when God fulfills the promise that he made, then we must believe in it. That way, this is God fulfilling his righteousness, and this is us following through with the righteousness that God wants from us as well. Now, at this point, you still might be thinking, all right, this is righteousness, but how does it connect to the breastplate? Well, I believe this is something we will need to cover in our next episode. So let's connect these ideas next time as we continue going through God's armory 
here on the Reconnect podcast. Once again, if you are wanting to know more about these things, if you're seeking a deeper understanding of the word, please reach out to us. We can surely connect you to someone who is able to lead you in the word to a deeper understanding of God. Thank you for joining me today as we've talked more about the armor that God has given us to protect ourselves in this spiritual war. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode as we continue to unravel all these pieces of armor and weaponry that are essential for our fight in this spiritual war. My name is Jaden, and you've been listening to Reconnect. Reconnect.